from the Iona Journal of Economics. I'm Matt. And I'm Lindsay. And this is Iona Asks News Division. This week, we'll be exploring an exciting topic, the American minimum wage. The U.S. labor market has endured a ton of turmoil lately, which has led to some discussions surrounding an increase in the minimum wage from $7 to $15 by 2025. So you must be an expert on Biden's economic plan. Could you give me an overview of exactly what he's trying to accomplish? I wouldn't consider myself an expert, but I'll definitely try to explain. Biden's economic plan is based on his platform to extend healthcare, raise taxes on the wealthy, and invest trillions of dollars in green energy infrastructure, among other things. Recently, Biden has also secured approval from the House of Representatives on a $1.9 trillion pandemic relief bill. This is one of the largest injections of federal aid since the Great Depression. The bill extends federal jobless benefits and targets billions towards distributing the coronavirus vaccines and providing relief for schools, states, and small businesses that are struggling during the pandemic. Well, for the average American, what do these unemployment benefits look like? It's most likely going to be another round of direct payments to American taxpayers. Checks of up to $1,400 for individuals making up to $80,000, single parents earning $120,000 or less, and couples with household incomes of no more than $160,000. That sounds very ambitious. I also heard he wants to forgive student loan debt and raise the minimum wage. It definitely is really ambitious. Besides hinting at spending trillions on infrastructure and clean energy in the coming years, he's also highlighted that raising additional tax revenue, forgiving student loan debt, and raising the minimum wage is on his agenda. Raising the minimum wage is a hot topic. I believe there's a lot of contention as to how this would potentially affect businesses and prices for consumers. That's a great point. However, low-wage workers are definitely suffering right now, as employment is down around 10 million in comparison to February 2020 and the majority of the unemployed are low or minimum wage workers. The pandemic has definitely benefited businesses working in e-commerce, but at the expense of smaller brick and mortar retailers. But of course, there's always two sides to every story. On one side, advocates of increasing the minimum wage believe that an increase is urgent because the brunt of the pandemic has fallen on low paid workers unable to work remotely. You mentioned this before, but it's people working in food preparation, personal care and services. In comparison to other occupations, their wages have fallen even more drastically. I can see that. Conversely, almost doubling the minimum wage could prove to be risky to businesses. Wages are low in the industries you mentioned due to productivity, which is measured by revenue per employee. The pandemic has hurt revenue by making demand for products low due to capacity restrictions. A higher minimum wage will hurt employers as well. While some will absorb the wage increase in their profit margins, Others will be forced to pass it to customers through higher prices. Democrats are pushing to double the federal minimum wage from $7.25 to $15 by 2025, and then they plan to index that to the medium wage. They are doing this based on research that indicates moderate increases in minimum wage reduces poverty, but it also causes little job loss. That being said, the current economic climate is highly uncertain, and this research may not be entirely applicable to the present-day economy. You mentioned indexing the minimum wage to the median wage. What exactly does this mean? Well, Lindsay, what this essentially means is that employers have to raise wages for roughly the same proportion of their employees each year in relation to the median wage. The National Wage Index in 2019 was around $54,000. 
Currently, there are 15 states who have future plans to index the minimum wage to annual inflation rates. But indexing the minimum wage to the National Wage Index would probably make more sense because it links the minimum wage to overall conditions in the labor market rather than to the general level of prices. Oh, okay. So this means that those earning minimum wage won't fall behind the average worker and therefore inequality will be reduced. That seems pretty fair to me. I also read that Canada's minimum wage came to 51% of median income, which is significantly ahead of the U.S. minimum, which amounted to 33% of the nation's median earnings. That's true. On a separate note, I wonder how the new Biden administration impacts the Canadian economy. Well, a change in governance in the United States will likely have significant implications for Canada. So Canadian policymakers should be prepared to respond to both new opportunities and challenges. A plausible effect is that increased U.S. government spending might lead to higher U.S. interest rates. Given our well-integrated financial markets, higher interest rates in the U.S. will put upward pressure on interest rates in Canada. The Bank of Canada might therefore raise interest rates sooner than it would otherwise choose to do so, or accept significant downward pressure on the Canadian dollar. That reminds me of an article I recently read about Biden's willingness to impose carbon border quotas on climate-lagging countries. The potential for these tariffs to be applied to Canadian imports could help bolster ambitions on carbon pollution pricing and the clean fuel standard in Canada. That's great. Thanks for explaining so much about the minimum wage and even its implications on Canada. Thanks for joining our discussion about the American minimum wage. And we'll see everyone soon. Don't forget to listen to our past episodes about the future of money, global protests, and nuclear proliferation if you haven't already.